Happy Friday and happy April, friends, and happy April Fool's Day too. However, the only fool around these parts is the person not listening to the Lincolnite podcast. So congratulations on not falling into that category. I will say that name again. You're listening to the Lincolnite podcast with myself, Ronnie Byrne. Remember to hit that subscribe button on your podcast provider. Remember to leave one of those dreamy five-star reviews or thumbity thumbs up on that same podcast provider. Tell your friends, tell your family, and tell everyone in between. Let's get into today's show because yet again, it's an absolute doozy, friends. I will be speaking to one of the most iconic names in hairdressing, Mr. Lee Stafford, about his plans to open a Lee Stafford Academy right here in Lindham Colonia. I'll also be speaking to Darren Brown. No, not that one. But saying that, the work he does is magic. He is one of the managers at the former Sophology unit turned Ukraine charity donation drop-off point. It was set up alongside his partner Inetta, and boy, oh boy, are they shifting some serious donations to the Poland-Ukraine border. Mad. More about that later. And as promised, I will be closing the show with the very first Lincolnite unsigned track of the week. But first and foremost, I'm going to be talking about bizarrely the most viral moment this week and maybe of the last couple of years, and that of course was the Will Smith-Chris Rock incident at this year's Oscar Awards. Now, for the two people left in the world that are unaware of what happened, I'll play the audio for you in a sec. Chris Rock was monologuing, he was hosting the Oscars, and he was directing jokes at members of the audience, and we've seen that for decades from a host of hosts, if you will. One of the jokes he aimed at Will Smith's wife, Jada, and it was based around the character G.I. Jane, who was most famously played by Demi Moore in the 90s. Now, Jada Pinkett Smith suffers from alopecia. This is where this joke gets a little bit murky. Now, Will Smith's response to the joke was to storm the stage and physically slap Chris Rock across the face before telling Chris to leave his wife's name out of his mouth. So, do you know what? Let's, Let's skip the foreplay. Let's just play this moment. Let's play it out. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? Right, so that's the joke. That's the joke. Uh oh. Let me see Will Smith storming the stage here. And that noise was the slap. That was the slap. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. My wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> so, as you'd expect, a dialogue was started over this entire debacle, but the dialogue appears to be more about Will Smith's reaction to the joke as opposed to the content of the joke itself. Now, I wanted to understand how someone that actually has alopecia felt about this suddenly infamous moment. Enter Chloe Ashford Smith, last year's winner of Miss Lincolnshire. So she suffered with alopecia her whole life and endured years of teasing and bullying over it, which to her testament, she overcame to achieve such a title as Miss Lincolnshire. I had a conversation with her earlier this week about how she felt about the joke, Will Smith's reaction to it, and and some of the things that she's had to contend with in her own life as somebody that has alopecia. So friends, Chloe Ashford Smith. So Chloe, thank you ever so much for agreeing to do this. It's okay, thank you for asking me. Not a problem. So I suppose the best place to start is with your own experiences with alopecia and, you know, as cruel as it is for a bit of an opening gambit, the, the teasing that you've overcome throughout your life. Um, so I had a lot of teasing through school. I got called like Humpty Dumpty, um, Egghead, Baldy. Um, and that was when I was growing up through school. I don't have it so much when I'm older, luckily, but I know a lot of people do still have it. Mm. Yeah, and, and do you feel like it was, just out of interest really, do you feel like it was your overcoming of that 
teasing that you experienced that eventually gave you, I don't know, the mental strength to get involved with pageantry and eventually become, you know, Miss Lincolnshire? Yeah, it it is like a really tough thing to go through and I do always think that I'm quite a strong person and I wanted to do these pageants to show the girls or boys that had the condition or a similar uh, a similar condition which like presents itself physically that it don't matter what you look like and you can still achieve things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So with the actual infamous moment itself um I, I was tucked up in bed when the oscars were on i'm sure you were as well so w- when you saw the note uh, the news sorry about the joke and how will smith responded to it as somebody that has been through that torment and has had those jokes made like how what was your initial reaction to that well, alopecia is not often spoke about um and then i saw it all over these alopecia support groups that i'm in and because it's not really spoke about a lot. I was a bit confused. And then when I watched the video, I thought it was like staged. But then obviously when I realised what was happening, like it's just, it's just very cruel. Like the whole room's laughing except Jada. So yeah, it's funny to everyone else. But then it's only when you realise she's not laughing that you think, oh, hang on, actually, that's not very funny. And it's actually like bullying. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you say. I think the way that I look at it, if if Will Smith didn't react how he did, that that joke wouldn't have even been written about in the reviews of the night afterwards. Do you think that whether right or wrong, without Will Smith responding to it in the way that he did, do you think it sort of started a dialogue about people making jokes over things that maybe shouldn't be joked about? I think I don't think Will Smith reacted how he should have done. He should have uh, used like his. Um his position and use like spoken word but if he hadn't have reacted like that it wouldn't have been such a big thing and people wouldn't be talking about alopecia like there have been this past week few days so yeah so it's it's a weird one do you, th- do you think in a way because I, i'll hold my hands up i didn't know a great deal about alopecia and, and this week has been a real learning curve i to be honest i had no idea about it do you think again as maybe he shouldn't have responded in that regard maybe the joke shouldn't have even been made there is a positive spin on this in the way that it is educating people about alopecia and conditions like that um a little bit it's like when i share my story um obviously it's not good like what happened to me and that i've had the condition and i lost like all my hair but the positive is that i get to tell my story and then other people are informed about it that didn't know or people that are suffering with it they don't feel so alone anymore so it's it's the positive thing is that other people will see that and it will make them realize that like they're not alone yeah it's a really interesting one for sure it is interesting so you don't think that the uh that the infamous slap was justified then uh no i don't think you should have used violence (laughs) at all uh, never the answer no never the answer no no fair enough well, I, just, I, don't, I don't get how that joke was even being able to be told if that makes sense like there would have been somebody behind the scenes that would have heard that joke before it was said like i don't think it was on the spot somebody would have heard it and i'm just a bit confused how it actually managed to get out there you see that's the crazy thing you know they have they have teams of writers so this will have gone through two three maybe even four people all of which had gone yeah that's a that's a banger that's a real knee slapper get that one out there that's that's maybe the scariest thing about it yeah that's just what i've been thinking about that it has been told to somebody before and they thought that joke's acceptable and not gonna hurt anyone 
Yeah, no, I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. Well, Chloe, genuinely, thank you so much for your time. It has been, it has been interesting speaking to you as someone that has alopecia because I don't feel like your voices are really being heard. It, it shocked me this week how much the focus has been on Will Smith's reaction as opposed to Chris Rock's joke. That's what's really blown me this week. Yeah, it has me as too. It has me too. I've seen a lot of um, comments saying, "Oh, his award should be taken off him," and all things like this. And I just thought no one's really addressed Chris Rock. They've just kind of gone after Will Smith. It's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one for sure. Again, Chloe, thank you ever so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you coming on the show and uh, giving how you feel about it. I really do. That's okay. Thank you. That's awesome, Chloe Ashford Smith. Thank you ever so much. Take care. Chloe Ashford Smith, friends. I'll repeat what I said in the interview. It's so strange to me that we're focusing more on the reaction to the joke than the joke itself. Like, the focus isn't even equal. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of factors at play. I'm sure you've made your own mind up over it. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. You don't need me to tell you what to think. It's the Link and I podcast. It's not the Think and I podcast. You feel me? You get me? Now that is how you do a joke. Moving on. So earlier this week, I made the short walk over to St. Mark's Shopping Precinct to visit the old Sophology store. So that's now been used as a drop-off point for donations to Ukraine. It was set up by Aneta and the team at Polish School Lincoln and Aneta's partner, Darren, who I spoke to. They've worked with a bunch of businesses, uh, collecting more donations. It was, it was wild to see in person. It really was. And we recorded on a day after a lot of it had already been taken to the border. They do it not, not necessarily in stages, but they do it continuously if that makes sense. There were boxes upon boxes upon bags upon boxes upon bags. I've honestly never seen anything like it. I was aghast at just the generosity of normal people to accumulate such a, a crazy, enormous amount of donations. And before we recorded, Darren was showing me it's an area just right to the entrance of the building. So as soon as you walk in, it's on the right-hand side. And what they'd done there is they'd set up clothing racks and shelves and such full of donated clothes already so that in Darren's words, when Ukrainian families that have already arrived in Lincolnshire, when they come to the donation site to get things to the children, it will still feel like mummy and daddy are just in a shop, just, just like normal, just like back at home. That got me. That really, really got me. Um, so admittedly, I conducted this interview with a bit of a lump in my throat. Friends, Darren Brown. So, Darren, this is a military-scale operation. What exactly are we looking at here, my friend? Uh, what we're looking at here is this is our third building we've had, we've outgrown to. Um, we've got the old sophology unit in St. Mark's Shopping Centre, which has been provided for us. Um, we have a donation area where we get the donations in. We have an area for sorting. Once everything's sorted, it's uh, put in the different sections around this building. Um, we have sections for medical, food, uh, toiletries, camping equipment, sanitary products. We, the reason we sort into different areas is we are working with a number of different agencies who have higher priorities on different equipment. So although we're working mainly with one charity for medical aid, which is AirMed in Poland, uh, we're working with other agencies in Poland and in the UK who are shipping to different areas. So the priorities can be different, so we send different equipment to different different places. So how many people and volunteers have had a hand in this thus far, top of your head? Working here, we've had a, a rotation, we have some regular volunteers, we have a lot of people turning up giving a few hours when they can. We must have had two to three hundred people come through wow. in the last month. I really didn't expect that number. 
<laughs> I really didn't expect that number. So again, top of your head, I know it's a bit of a vague, open question. How much have you had donated? I know it's difficult to say when you have so many different things here, but I think we've because um, when we're sending things out, everything is weird mm. for um, for the vehicles. Uh, what we what we can say is we've sent th- between thirty and forty tons currently. We must have probably another twenty tons here, I think, which we're hopefully getting out within the next couple of weeks. So, how many trips to the Poland-Ukraine border have, have you guys made so far? We've currently we've sent seven vans, uh, one articulated lorry through Noble Foods, which was arranged by one of our volunteers, Tomasz. Um, we've got one currently just arrived in Poland this morning with the Hermed charity, which was full of medical aid. Uh, we've hopefully got another two vans and one lorry by next week. Uh, and what are those? What are those trips like? Are they are they difficult? Have they been smooth sailing, or has it just been all right? Or they've been they've been very easy actually. Mm. Well, I mean. I haven't actually been on one. My partner is out there at the moment visiting right. because she set up this. Um, she set all this up with her med, so she's out there just to visit the the charity herself. Um, we've had free ferry tickets provided, so there's wow. no cost on the ferries. We've had a lot of people provide their own vehicles, so the only real cost to us has been fuel. Yeah. Uh, the charities provide a hotel at the other end, so they do get one night's sleep uh, there before they return. Um, some of the equipment we've sent has gone with other similar organisations in the UK. So where someone may have space on a lorry, we've we've helped fill it in the same way we've offered that service to to other people. If we've got space, we'll make sure between us we'll use every every part of it. So some of it has gone to different agencies. Um, some of it has gone straight to the border where the refugees the refugee areas on the border and some of it has gone with other agencies straight into Ukraine it's just it's the generosity that blows my head apart so going back to donations what would you say you've had the most donated of I can't get my words out today honestly like the the thing you've had the most of what's come through the door the most um I think we've had a good split evenly of the things we've asked for because everything we're we've asked for is what's been asked by the agencies in whether it be Ukraine or Poland um, so everything is what, what's been asked so you, so you go off what they ask for and that's how you put out what we you ask for what they ask for we have not asked for anything that we haven't been asked for and we don't send anything right that we haven't been asked for oh, I didn't know that I like that yeah okay. um, so there's no point us <laughs> taking collections and sending spending money spending the stuff, stuff they don't, they don't yeah. need um, for example, there we have a lot of pet food, which none of the agencies we're mm. working with uh, have asked for, but we have been in touch with a charity right. in, the, in Lincoln that are supplying pet food. So right. we've made sure that everything that's donated, as best we can, goes to the people who, who actually want it. That's fair enough. And would you say donations are coming in at the same rate as when you started this? Have they slowed? Have they stayed stagnant? I think they've... They've slowed a little, but not much. Mm. Um, we're still getting a good flow through the door. I came in yesterday morning, there were three vans and yeah. a minibus uh, parked up, ready to be unloaded. Again, it's it's the generosity for me. So you, you say that you go off what they 
what those are asking for and that's what you guys ask for so for people listening what are you asking for right in this moment this will go out tomorrow this podcast as we're recording on a thursday what are you asking for right now um medical equipment is the main priority as you can see our medical equipment over there is quite low at the minute because we've just sent a van full of medical equipment there's always a need for medical equipment um again toiletries although it looks if you as, as you're looking around the room some of our areas are quite full with nappies for example we, we send one two lorries out this will all be cleared so yeah. toiletries sanitary products yeah. sleeping bags are always a requirement any outdoor clothing so waterproof jackets preferably a dark color uh, hats gloves um, one thing about a lot of the equipment you, the things you'll see around here food nappies toothpaste it's all things that run out yes yeah so what the the main requirement is for things that will run out so clothing for example we've we've never been asked for um, because it, it's not something that runs out on a daily basis we as you can see over there we have a large pile of nappies i've had i have six children i know how quickly a box of nappies goes so these are all things that run out and obviously it looks a lot here but throughout europe so many agencies are yeah. doing the same thing so there is a lot a lot being sent in that's fair enough it, like i say it truly is a military military scale operation it's crazy in here um there are any people do want to get involved find out more about your work and eventually donate hopefully where can they where can they find that information where can they find you guys my friend we're located at the old sophology unit on uh, st mark's shopping center we do have a facebook page uh, support for ukraine lincolnshire uh, we also have the polish school website mm. now this was this was all set up by the polish school in lincoln yeah. Um, my partner Annette is the head teacher there, so it's still all run right. by the Polish school in Lincoln. Um, we have, however, had a lot of help from a lot of agencies. Uh, Sam Turner at the Corp has mm. been marvellous for us, St Mark's. We've also had, at times when we need lorries, we've had no end of support from people like the fire brigade, the university, yeah. providing sudden extra people just for yeah. loading those lorries. So. And so is, it, is, it, is it BT you've got upstairs right now? You've got, um, we've got a group from BT call centre coming this morning, yes, which we're very grateful of at the minute. We have a lot of sorting to do. Um, so that's fantastic. God bless them and God bless the work you're doing, my friend. Honestly, it's incredible. Darren, thank you ever so much. Yeah, thank you. Darren Brown there, friends. The page on Facebook is called Support for Ukraine Lincolnshire. Facebook.com forward slash support Ukraine links. God bless them. What, what a truly incredible job that those people are doing over there. Now, earlier this week, I was invited to Aura Salon in Lincoln. It's owned by the college and they use it as almost a training academy of sorts. It's open to the general public, but it gives hair and beauty students a space and an opportunity to really hone their skills. World-renowned hairdresser Lee Stafford was in town, known for his incredible range of hair care products and extremely decorated career in that industry. He was exploring the possibility of opening a Lee Stafford Academy within Lincoln College. So naturally, we had a chat about it. Friends, Lee Stafford. Lee Stafford, thank you ever so much for coming down today. How are you? I'm very, very well, sir. Any man that wears Yeezys is an ace in my book, just for the record. So what brings you to Lincoln today, my friend? Well, I've, um, I've got um, 18 academies all over the country. Uh, my purpose now, after having a lustrous career in hair, is to send the elevator back down for the next generation so they too can live a life of passion. So, um, 
my academies are all based within colleges. You know, I was heavily involved in the private sector for many, many years of education, but I felt like the college sector, I could make a difference more in that area. So um, coming down to Lincoln College today was to talk to the uh, senior team uh, and the hairdressers, the college trainers, about what a Lee Stafford Education Partnership would look like. That's nice. How important are places like Aura in, you know, giving opportunities to young upcoming stylists? Well, I mean, I don't see this Aura setup very often around the country. It's quite unique and I love it because, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, working in an academy is great, but having a salon like this in the town centre, I mean, it just feels like a proper proper place to work a commercial salon yeah. so I would imagine the young people that are coming in here you know it's just amazing work experience for them so you opened up your first salon in the 1980s how much has the game changed since then in your eyes oh mate, the game has <laughs> changed phenomenally I mean I think the the biggest change has got to be the way you market yourself I mean back in my day the only way you could really get yourself noticed was in magazines or on telly and you know and that was wasn't very inclusive not many people could do that where now young people have, you know if they're good you know they've got the opportunity to market themselves not just in this country but around the world so I think social media has really been a game changer for the industry so you mentioned you want to do something in Lincoln what, what can we expect to see from that well what I'd love to do I mean especially after meeting the team today they blew me away um, is opening up a Lee Stafford Academy here at Lincoln College that that's, that's the plan. Got a, got a date in mind for that, my friend? Um, well, I'm hoping we can do it for the next, acad next academic year. Yeah, so um, anyone that would be thinking about coming to the college, um, it wouldn't be just my name above the door. I'm not into that. You know, <laughs> it's about making a difference. Yeah. It's about really, you know, giving young people the opportunity and making them industry ready yeah. the day they leave college. Because that's been a big problem is that, you know, they go through this college system. And I know this because I had salons for 30 years, employed nearly, you know, hundreds and hundreds of young people. They went... In my experience, I know there's exceptions to the rule, they were never industry ready when they leave college. Right. And, and what you find is when, it, when that happens to a young person, they can lose confidence, yeah. um, uh, they can be uninspired, and more often than not, they fall out of the industry. And this industry is such a brilliant industry. I don't know if you know this, but it was, it was found to be, in an independent study, the happiest job you can possibly be in. It is a fact. Three, three, years, three years on the bounce it was found, you know, and, and, um, and to fall out of the business with never really being exposed to all the, the gold, yeah. I think is just a crying shame. So our, our, our purpose at Lincoln College is to, is to um, really give people that rich experience and when they leave college, they hit the ground running and they can really make the most out of this brilliant career called here. Fantastic, Mr. Lee Stafford. Sounds like we're going to meet down the line further on. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. Welcome. Cheers, mate. Lee Stafford there, friends. Find him on Instagram, at Lee Stafford World, at Lee Stafford Hair. Find his products in all good shops that, I don't know, sell hair stuff. He is everywhere. You cannot miss him. Before we wrap up today's show, remember to subscribe to the Lincolnite podcast wherever it is that you're listening to it right now. Remember to leave that classic five-star review or thumbs up. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone in between. If you could do all of those things, well, that would just be lovely, wouldn't it? Thank you if you already have, and thank you if you will. 
So to close out our show today, it's our first ever Lincolnite unsigned track of the week now. Last week, I told you that we wanted the best of unsigned music in Lincolnshire and you delivered. You delivered. My inbox has been working over time and there are some real gems in there that you'll hear over the next few weeks. You just will. Keep them coming in. Send your original music along with a short bio about yourself to Ronnie at thelincolnite.co.uk. That's Ronnie at thelincolnite.co.uk for a chance for your music to be featured as next week's Lincolnite Unsigned Track of the Week. This week's track is great. It's just great. It was sent over by Georgie Hansen. Georgie is 25, Lincoln native, indie singer-songwriter. She's been writing songs since, 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 since she was 16, and she's been singing for as long as she can remember. She's promised she has an exciting year ahead of her, bunch of songs set for release, some music videos. It's looking good. It's looking good for old Georgie Hansen. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Ronnie Byrne. This has been the Lincolnite Podcast. I'm going to leave you with Georgie Hansen and her track, Don't Hold Me Down. And we'll see you same place, same time next week. Take care. Waking up late at night. I feel something. Believe to every lie. You're in my head. But you pick me up to bring me down. I know. Strings anymore Pretend like I am